Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Which means at the beginning of every single day, I am on a mission to connect with the Lord through His Word and through prayer, and then to connect with His mission, whether it be uh, vertical, just me and Him, or whether it be horizontal, uh, me and others. But He has a plan, and the two great commandments are vertical and horizontal. The, The first is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is to love our neighbors, ourselves. There's a lot of excitement in those verses if we look at it that way. And, and if that's my treasure, if that is our treasure, to fulfill this purpose for which God created us, and that's on the top of our list, then the day-to-day becomes a lot simpler to understand and a lot more exciting to live one day at a time. Amen. You know, I often say if the Bible does not excite you, then you're not really reading it. <laughs> it has I to agree. the Bible is exciting and I I'm trying to convey that to people uh, and th- th- that is a wonderful perspective you brought up that I want everybody to hear. Friends, when, do you think about what happened to uh, yesterday, the past month? What happened in the Lord? If you're looking at your bank account, oh no, how am I going to pay this? Oh no, I'm in debt for that. Uh, and it's all negative and you're mad about politics, and you're mad about everybody's attitude out there, you're, you're putting your treasure in the wrong place. The Bible excites you. God is real. The, the Word is a living thing. It's not enough to say, well, I gave my life to Jesus, so I'm good, and then turn around and live your life the way you want to rather than the way God says. It's, it's, it's an exciting way to live that we're trying to convey. Um, if we think about the long-term aspects of eternity, Bill, I once saw this guy, he had a rope uh, at the pulpit and a long rope and the rope went back past the stage somewhere where you couldn't see the end of it, but he had one end in his hand and he had a piece of orange tape wrapped around the tip. And he said, this rope represents eternity and this orange tape represents your life. And most people are only focused on this one piece of tape. (laughs) They're not thinking about how far into eternity the rest of their existence is going to go. And so we, I'm just thankful for that perspective that we can think back, Lord, what, and let me review what you did for me today. First off, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm still going. And there's plenty to be happy about. You know, if you catch up in the media, they're going to make you sad quick, but there's plenty to be happy about. Just open that book and read it. Um, I think, Bill, what we really need to strive to is to dig deep into the eternal things of the Lord. I mean, first off, salvation's a gift. Thank you for reading that. A lot of people don't understand that. They think they got to work for it. It is a gift that is given. And it's eternal right. things. Eternal things of the Lord is a gift. 
but they have no discipline in their walk. It, it requires a discipline. And I've noticed that the root word of discipline is disciple. <laughs> so if, if I'm right. going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, there is a discipline I have to pick up and start wor- running with. I know that everybody that gets up in the morning, they don't want to go to work. They hate that alarm clock, but it is a discipline that you hit the alarm snooze and you go to work. Well, same with Christ. You got to press. So, Bill, I want to read a quick verse from Philippians 3 and 12, where Paul said, pressing toward the goal. And I want you to mm-hmm. notice, let's all, all notice together, he didn't say you slide downhill towards the goal. He said you press toward it. That mean that requires your work. He said, mm-hmm. not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So when I see this pressing, it, it's, it's, I got to strive for that. And I see the long game in this of an upward call. It's not necessarily going to come easy. It's not necessarily going to come the way the world does it. And so, Bill, what kind of encouragement can we give our listeners today that they feel defeated, they feel beaten up, I'm out of steam, I don't know what more to do, but they've been playing the short game. What kind of encouragement can we give straight to them today that there is peace, there is relief, there is provision in Messiah Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ for them? What can we give them? Well, the first thing, you know, you went, you talked about the guy who uh, is working hard and doesn't want to go to work and worrying about his checkbook and worrying about his bills and that's his life and he's miserable and he's complaining about this and that. You know, I'll just take people back where Jesus took his disciples. He, he told them, don't lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth or rust cannot corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal. For there, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then he, he said, what man is there among you? We, and he starts talking about the lilies of the field. And he talks about the birds of the air. And, and he talks about which of these work hard for anything that they get. The birds, they don't sow or they don't uh, gather into barns. They don't do any of these kinds of things. Yet the Father in heaven feeds them. And look at the lilies. They're so beautiful. The beautiful lilies of the field. Um, you know, they don't toil, they don't spin, but Solomon in all his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. And then he said, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today exists and tomorrow is thrown into the oven to be burned, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So there it is. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, do the right thing, that's what we're seeking to do in our life because our treasure is to fulfill the purpose that he's created us for. If that's what we do, if that's our treasure, then the Lord has promised, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide the basic needs that you have in your life. You don't have to worry about that because if you worry about it, you're consumed by the worry with which you're worrying. And that worry is going to completely choke out your heart and you're going to become unfruitful. 
you have to learn to live. We have to learn to live a life of faith. God, the father loves us so much that he's willing to take care of our needs. The caveat is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then we talk to the person who says, well, I don't, I'm not motivated to do this. And Ray, that's where I was when, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit back in 1973. I knew I was going to be living the Christian life. I'd already accepted Christ, but I was way, way low on motivation and discipline, the things you're talking about. I just didn't have them. I prayed a prayer with a friend of mine who was, who was trying to encourage me. And I said, Lord, I'm afraid really to begin following you closely because I don't think I can finish. I, I've tried to follow you before and it hasn't ever worked. And I've started out well, I've lasted a few days, and then I've just, you know, run out of gas. And this is my prayer. If you'll give me the willingness to follow you, and if you'll give me the power to do the things that you're asking me to do, I will follow you the rest of my life. And kaboom, that's all I can say is kaboom. Yeah. I was filled with the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way right in that moment. And that's when the Lord began to set the direction for my life. And it was only later, Ray, after I began to read the New Testament for myself, that I came upon another passage in Philippians. You quoted Philippians uh, 3.12 and following. But back in chapter 2, Paul says to the Philippians that they needed to work out the details of their salvation. Then the next verse, he says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And when I read that verse in Philippians 2.13, and I thought about it, I realized, wow, that's the prayer I prayed way back then. Amazing. I prayed that the Lord would give me willingness and that he'd give me the power to do what what he wanted me to do. And here I see in his word that this is a biblical prayer. This is God's stated will for my life. Yeah. So I'll say to the person who's who's zero on the gas tank of, of motivation, Go to God himself, and you're a Christian already. I'm assuming you're a believer. Go to God himself and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Give me the willingness to follow you, and give me the power to do it when you command me something. And he will do it. And if your heart is is right and your heart is aligned with his, you will be filled with the spirit, and you'll have the willingness and the power you need. And many, many times over the years, Ray, it's been almost 50 years now, Many, many times over the year, I've, I've run out of willingness again. Uh, so I it go happens. back to Philippians 2.13. I go back to Philippians 2.13, and I say, Lord, again, I'm coming to you. I need you to fill me with your willingness and your power. And he does it. He's never not done it when I've turned to him to ask him for that. He always keeps the, the, the gas gauge full. Amen. Philippians 2.13. Friends, take your Bibles out. Go to Philippians 2.13. Mark that down. Bookmark it. Keep it. Don't lose it. You're going to need it because some of you listening are thinking, you know, I want all this, but I just don't have the will. It's kind of like when I needed to lose weight, Bill, I was overweight. I Mm. wanted to lose the weight, but I just didn't have the will to start the program and start dropping it. I I even had to pray for that. Lord, would you at least even give me the will? You know, see, even friends, even the Lord helps you with the will. We talk about repentance, turn around. Well, I don't know how to repent. Did you know that even the Lord can help you do that? (laughs) There's not one aspect of all this that the Lord's not willing to give you to show you here. Look, here's how you do it. So uh, such a good word. The Lord is here to offer you everything. It is a full package deal. 
how to repent, mm-hmm. even have the will at all. And it's exciting. I can hear it in your words, Bill, that you're very excited that when you go to God's word, it do- he does exactly what he says he's going to do. And that's how we know exactly. we can trust him. If, if God didn't do what he said he was going to do, I would doubt it. But he does every time. And so, as, as Bill said, uh, he quoted the Bible, seek first the things of the kingdom. Friend, you might have to consider, those of you listening, you might have to consider that you have not been pursuing the kingdom of God. You've been pursuing your bank account or that girlfriend or that boyfriend or trying to build your career first instead of the kingdom of God. It's make a U-turn and pursue things of the kingdom of God. Now, for those, mm. uh, Bill, real quick, though, there's a lot in this subject. I don't even know what yep. questions to ask. So is there anything that you really want to convey to people today that I'm not even remotely getting close to asking you about? <laughs> <laughs> there is something that comes to mind right now, Ray, and it's just based on what you said earlier. You're talking about people that don't want to be in fellowship and they disassociate themselves with other Christians. They don't want accountability, that kind of stuff. I think the root cause for a lot of that, Ray, is unforgiveness. Yes. They've gone to a church. They've had an experience that was frustrating or hurtful to them. They've been wounded by another believer, and they've just become bitter. They've allowed that to grow inside of their hearts. they become bitter, and it has poisoned them against wanting to be around any other believers. I can make a promise to every believer, if you are a true follower of Christ, you absolutely must be part of a body of believers to have fellowship with. That's a commandment. But in doing so, I can guarantee you this, someone will wound you, someone will bug you, you will get hurt. The question is, what are we going to do with it? And there's a wonderful fountain that God has provided for us called forgiveness. When we forgive others, he treats us in a forgiving way. When we don't forgive others, he doesn't treat us in a forgiving way. And this is right out of the the Lord's Prayer. If you forgive men their trespasses, Jesus said, so also your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. But look at it this way. we got a situation where we have been forgiven of all of our sins. He's canceled our debt. Every single one of our sins, past, present, and future, were laid upon Jesus on the cross. We owe him everything, but we couldn't pay him anything. And he said, okay, I'm canceling the debt for all of time and all of eternity. That ought to put us in a place where we're thinking, I am so grateful. I don't deserve any of this. Thank you, Lord, for your eternal mercy by which you called me into your kingdom. You've given me forgiveness of sins. Amen. And then he turns around and he says, okay, here's your brother over here who's wounded you. Forgive him. Yes. We ought to be able to say absolutely, because if we don't say absolutely and we don't forgive that person of the wound uh, for for what they did in wounding us, then what we're saying is they owe me something. Right. They owe me something. Mm -hmm. But didn't Jesus pay for the sin that they were going to commit? Yes. Absolutely. It's paid for. It's already paid. It's paid. It's already paid. So that means that we're saying, if I don't forgive another person, we're saying that Jesus' Jesus death on the cross was was not not sufficient to pay for that that person's sin. And that's that's almost blasphemous. Oh, wow. You know, in fact, it is blasphemy. So, So we forgive others because of the fact that we've been forgiven so much. And so all you have to do is read Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, the parable of the unforgiving servant. 
and just to see how, how deep this goes in the teachings of Jesus. But it's such liberty. When I forgive others, I remember one time, uh, Ray, when my son was like 13 years old. He was, we were playing basketball out in the front yard, and, and he was doing something that 13-year-olds do. It was, it was bugging me. And I was, I was crafting in my, my mind a plan, you know, to, to do something back to him, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I was angry. I was frustrated. And so the Lord interrupted my thoughts and said, Bill, do you want me to treat you the, same. <laughs> the way you're thinking of treating your son right now? Yeah. And I said, oh, absolutely not, Father. I don't right. want you to treat me the way, the way I would treat him. And, and, and then I thought of the verse, blessed are the merciful, for yeah. they shall obtain mercy. And I was freed, and so I changed my mind right away. I'm not going to treat him that way. I'm going to treat him a completely different way, a kingdom way. And that's the way we're to treat others. So I would say if you are someone who is stuck and you're not willing to be around other Christians because you're bitter in your heart because of unforgiveness, you owe them a debt. You owe them forgiveness. You go to your Heavenly Father and you say, Father, I remember the wound that that person gave to me. And I want you to know I'm releasing that person from their wound and from the accountability that I think they owed me something to pay for that wound. I apply all of this to where it has always been, the cross of Jesus. He paid for that sin that caused that wound. And I forgive him and I release him. And I pray for blessing upon this person's life. I pray, Lord, for reconciliation, if that can happen someday. Mm. But, Lord, I am releasing them. I'm not going to hold this against them at all. I'm going to ask you to do a great thing in their lives. And when we get to that place, we are free. A weight and a burden is lifted from our shoulders mm. that gives us brand new power and grand, brand new joy. Yes. And there are some, some people that are going to be listening to this podcast, Ray, that, that are stuck in a prison of bitterness caused by unforgiveness. And you don't have to stay there. Exactly. You can be free. You can be free. You got the key right there in your hand. Just stick it in the keyhole and open the door. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I asked you to come up with whatever I wasn't hidden because, I mean, gosh, I was going to release this podcast next week. Bill, I think I'm going to release it today. Uh, people need to hear this. <laughs> they need to hear this now. Um, I've talked with a lot of people. You can you can just see the burden on their face. I know it because I lived it. Mm -hmm. I lived it myself a long mm -hmm. time. And I'm telling you, just mm -hmm. like Bill did, If you, but I don't want to forget. Jesus forgave you. He paid for it, and if you will forgive them, release that. The, you, you're denying yourself such a life of joy that you could be mm -hmm. having, and it's so freeing to do so. Bill, yeah. I was going to ask, you know, you've probably shared the gospel at least half a dozen times already on this podcast, <laughs> but, but I, I know how hard-headed I've been in my life. Can, can we give the gospel one more time? Could I ask you to give the cut and dried direct gospel to anybody listening yeah. today? They're thinking, man, I want this. What do they need to do, Bill? What do they need to do to give their life to Jesus? Okay. So I'm just going to come right straight from the words of Jesus, Ray. I'm Best way to go. Tell it like he said it. Okay. So in Matthew chapter four, as he began his ministry, he said to the people, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. The first word of the gospel is the word repentance. That means change your mind. That means make a decision right now in your mind that you want your life to be changed. You want to live a different way and you want to do things differently upside down from the way you've been doing it. The life you've been living has been unsuccessful 
contradictory to God's purposes. You've been going in the wrong direction, and now it's time to go in the right direction. Lord, I'm changing my mind right now to live a different way. And then secondly, in order for that to even have any power in your life, you're going to need to receive Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. And that's a simple prayer, but it's based upon the fact that Jesus said, if you are not born from above by God's Spirit, you will not be able to see the kingdom of God and you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You must be born from above. You must be born again by God's Spirit. And this is how it happens. You receive Jesus. You receive him by, first of all, believing that he died on the cross to pay for your sins. You believe it really happened. When Jesus was hanging on the cross of Calvary for six hours, he was paying for your sins, all of them that you would ever commit, and all of the sins of the entire world, all of them that anyone would ever commit. He was paying for the sins of Adolf Hitler. He was paying, the sin, paying for my sins as, a, as an individual living in 2022. He paid for your sins. And then he died on that cross. He gave up his spirit, and he was in the tomb for three days, and then he rose from the dead just like he said he would. You know, you must believe that he's alive. So you believe these things. Jesus died for my sins according to the Scripture. He was buried, and he rose again from the dead on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then you just receive him into your life. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I receive your gift of salvation, which is free to me. I can't earn it. I have nothing to pay you back with, but you've given me everything. So I receive it as a gift, and I ask you to come into my life and to begin the changing that I need to change with and begin the changes that need to be made in my life, Lord. Help me to become and learn to become your close follower. And if you pray that prayer and you mean it, I can tell you this, that God will answer your prayer because John 1.12 says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. And that's exactly what will happen to you. And that's what's happened to Pastor Ray. That's what's happened to me and countless millions of others throughout time that have decided that it's time to receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life through Christ and begin following him. He is the greatest individual in all of human history and in all of time and all of, human, uh, of eternity. And to follow him is the greatest privilege and the greatest joy that there could ever be in this life. And you can begin that journey today. And I hope you do. Amen. I, I live the best life I've ever been living. And we want y'all to have it as well. And it, it all comes through Jesus Christ. And you may be thinking, but that person that hurt me, they did 99% of the damage. I only did 1%. Well, then you put your 1% on the table. You put your cards down and forgive because Jesus forgave you. Bill, thank you so much. Wow, this has been great. Thanks for joining me here today. And friends, I want you to know, if you want to know more about his ministry, you go to Poiman Ministries, that's P-O-I-M-E-N Ministries, PoymanMinistries.com. Bill, thank you so much for being here. Hey, you're, you're so welcome, Ray. It's always a blessing to talk with you. I appreciate our friendship and, and uh, look forward to the future with it. Yes, sir. Let's do another one sometime, okay? <laughs> friends, I would love to. Yeah, we'll do it. Friends, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Hey, 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.